Hey, we're Brittany and Tiffany, and we're obsessed with all things meal planning. And we're here to help you navigate both the wild and wonderful parts of feeding your people. I'm a mama to seven and the creator of The Deliberate Day. I'm a mama of five, an ideal and inspiration. We'll teach you the tried and true secrets to getting meals on the table with more love and less overwhelm. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, get comfortable, and come learn with us. All right, today we're going to talk about family favorites, meal sharing, and religious fasting and feasting. So family favorites is so important when it comes to a great meal plan because having a family favorites list helps you keep track of individual and family preferences so that as you're going through, you have these easy to pull from meals, right? You already know what your people are going to like. You already know what it takes to cook them, what it takes to prep for them, what it takes to pull together for them, right? And I think that's one way we can kind of love on our people. That's... I, I don't know. For me, food is love. We all hear, you know, about our our favorite Italian grandmas and Norwegian grandmas who make the cookies and the things for you, you know, that they know you love and they have them for you. And what a great way just to, you know, whether or not your kids actually recognize it now when they're little, someday they'll wake up and be like, oh, you know, that's that was my mom loving me or my dad loving me, making taking time to think about what I like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think food is one way that we really show people that you care and you love. I think there's so much love that comes through in the feeding of people, especially providing them something that is one of their favorites. For birthdays, I always ask my kids, what is your favorite meal and what dessert would you like? And that's what I make them on their birthday. We do the same thing, and we've kind of gone back and forth, especially for birthdays, because we'll, you know, some years... Kids will get one meal out. Some years, kids get no meals out. And yeah. so that's that's the first thing I'll ask them. What, what would you like to eat on your birthday that I cook? What that I cook would you like to eat? So mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's a great way and it's a wonderful way to have some meals in your back pocket when you need to make those meal plans. Just knowing some of the things that you can put on the menu that are crowd pleasers no matter what. That's a great thing to know. Yeah, absolutely. And having the list also gives you a jumping off point. You're like, oh, well, I know these three people or, you know, this half of the family loves spaghetti. Maybe I can take that to the next level and I can do a chicken spaghetti or I can do this kind of spaghetti or, you know, DIY pizzas are their favorite. And you can kind of branch out and go from there. So you've got a foundation to work from. Having a family favorites list is such a good foundation for meal planning on the regular. I didn't even think about it like that. I think that's a really great idea because you start with something that they know and like, and then you just kind of up-level it. Mm-hmm, exactly. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, just tweak little things about it to introduce them to new flavors and to introduce them to new things. Well, and that can make trying something new a little less scary for husbands and children and, <laughs> yes. you know. Yes, exactly. And friends. <laughs> yes, Definitely. So now we've got our family favorites list, right? What about meal sharing with your friends? I know we kind of share a similar perspective on this, um, but maybe you should share kind of what we did for, what, two years, three years? Yeah, yeah, I think so. 
we started getting together for co-op because we were homeschool families and we started just meeting regularly to do things and activities with the kids and that sort of adapted into us getting together and sharing lunch because at first we were just bringing snacks and then we would spend so long of the day together that kids would be hungry for lunch and so we started bringing individual lunches and that kind of evolved into suddenly Tiffany I think was probably the one who piloted it because she always thinks of nice things like this but she offered to bring a meal and when she did that I said oh well I'll get next week's meal and then we started doing that every week we would trade off and I was trying new recipes and she was trying new recipes we were learning new ways to cook things new sauces to make new tools that we needed in our kitchen new necessities all of these things and this just sharing of food was bringing about so many beautiful things. And our friend Brittany, she came in and she had new allergies and that we weren't cooking for yet. And that kind of pushed us in a direction to be even more adventurous and just increase our cooking knowledge. It increased our meal ideas. It also increased our family favorites, honestly, because through all of that cooking, we found so many recipes that we would not have tried otherwise. Well, I know Brittany's husband was kind of the beneficiary of a lot he of that. He definitely was. So, he, you know. Because we met at my house. Yeah. So, and for that time during the pandemic, he was working from home. So every day he would come downstairs and eat this delicious meal that we had pulled together. And it's like, it's, and really, it it inspired so many ideas. That's where we learned that the macaroni and cheese sauce that was not dairy could be a nacho sauce and it could be a sauce on a bowl. And that's where I learned that the beef stew that I make in the crock pot or that I've made in the crock pot for so many years, Brittany made in the instant pot mm-hmm. and it was just as good. Or the ranch chicken oh, that gosh, we thought yes. had to be cooked in the oven didn't have to be cooked in the oven. It could be cooked on the grill or in that like, so. And in the instant pot. I think that was one of those moments where we were supposed to take meat out to thaw. Yep. Was in a panic. What do we do? Threw all of it in the instant pot. Now it's definitely a family favorite. Oh my goodness. Yes. And so. Just being able to put all of our heads together, I think, opened up our kids to new experiences with food. You know, we talked about, like, the rules. You have to try this. You got to eat one of these vegetables. Mm-hmm. You need to experience. Talked about not wasting food, too. It gave oh, us the yeah. opportunity to introduce the kids and do more respect for food and the people who make it. It was also kind of a free space for me. Growing up, I was taught very much so not to waste food. And so it's always been something hard for me to see when kids just throw away a whole plate of food because they just decided they don't want to eat it. And I I know that there are different varying views, but for me, I'm always trying to introduce my kids to new foods and help them, encourage them to try new foods and to eat new things and to keep giving things another chance. This really allowed that. It was Tiffany and Brittany were very respectful of the fact that when we would serve our kids food, the whole plates of food didn't go in the trash, you know, that that we serve kids little portions to start out with. And if they wanted more, they could get more. And we really encouraged kids to keep trying things, keep tasting things, taste new flavors, taste big things. And honestly, my kids eat so much more than they did before we started doing this. And the bowls that we started making are out of this world. My kids are eating vegetables raw constantly in big bowls of food. So that was something that was kind of life-changing for us was to start sharing meals with with families. It it really is like it's um 
It was. And not only were we sharing the meals, but we were sharing the burden of cooking. Yes. We were sharing. I don't know what it is about cooking when you have someone around you mm-hmm. just to be talking. And it's it's a different experience. It really you, is. <clears throat> when you have kids running around playing and it sounds like you're in a bar because everyone's yes. screaming and laughing and it's very loud. <laughs> yes. But, you know, I I learned so much during that time, too. And actually, this is all making me really hungry. Yes. And um, <laughs> But it saved us time, right? Because we didn't have to, like, pack a lunch to bring. We didn't have to. And it saved money. You know, when you've yes, got family did. sharing, hey, I've got this. Hey, I've got this. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a great way to clean out the pantry, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, really, and ours kind of adapted over time, right? Because at first, it started with you and I just swapping days that we cooked. And so instead of making sure I had a meal that day and the next week too, I could have a break from that. And you were making a meal one week. And then slowly that adapted to, hey, I'm bringing the main dish. You guys bring the sides. And then all of a sudden that adapted into, hey, I'm bringing this main topping. Okay, I'm making the rice and, I'm, and I've got avocado. Okay, I've got corn and black beans and carrots. Okay, I've got cheese and tomatoes and, you know, avocado sauce or I've got ranch and then we would all pull all of these things together and suddenly we would have these amazing bowls or other dishes like the tostadas we were talking about in one of the other episodes episodes where we had corn and zucchini and avocado and these were just kind of random because we knew we couldn't have meat on a Friday that we were meeting on Fridays each week and we weren't really sure what to pull together pulled all this together and they were the best things ever. They are one of my favorites still to this day. I felt like we were cheating. We were Uh, cheating on Lent. It was so tasty that I really did feel like I was like, okay, if food tastes this good, are you really even sacrificing not eating meat? That's how good it was. Yeah, it was amazing. Well, and that leads us honestly right into Mm -hmm. the religious fasting and feasting. You know, let's talk about that. Yeah, for us. So I'm Catholic, and we celebrate a lot of different feasting days, a lot of different saints' feasts, um, Marian feasts, and various religious feasts, where we just kind of celebrate and talk about these holy lives that are leading all of us to Christ and to better union and relationship with Him. And then we also have days of fasting, like in Lent or during Advent, There are different fastings we do. Um, On Fridays, a lot of times we'll fast from meat just as a general rule throughout the year to kind of make more space for, you know, having a deeper relationship with Christ. Well, and when you start to do those things, because I'm Catholic too, except for I'm a convert, so I'm not a cradle Catholic. I don't have a mom calling me to tell me and remind (laughs) me that I shouldn't eat meat on Fridays. And I may have really taken liberties with the whole nursing and eating meat during Lent for several years. I think you can. But, I mean... Being someone who who is kind of newer to these things, combining that meal sharing with the religious feasting and fasting, I think is it's just a wonderful thing. It is. Um, you know, I don't eat fish. I don't eat anything that lived in the water. So for us... <laughs> she lives right by the Gulf and uh, she doesn't eat anything that lives in the water, y'all. I know. I wish I could. I know that there are lots of health benefits and it would be great for me. I just... I, you just haven't 
meant fish that you like. Yeah, I don't know, because I've had (laughs) salmon in Alaska. I had something in South America that I can't remember what it was. I don't know, Tiffany. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. I don't know. (laughs) I did try shrimp at Brittany's house. I was a good sport. You were a very good sport. I tried to be a good sport. Uh, I don't know. But... (laughs) But like some of these things, and we're talking about religious feasting and fasting, but maybe you are just find something to celebrate. You don't even have to be religious. I mean, everyone's Catholic on St. Patrick's Day, right? Like, Isn't so that the truth? Everyone can enjoy a St. Patrick feast, right? Or we've got another one for you. Okay, this was my idea. It came from another podcast. Shout out to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. They'll never listen to this. But uh, (laughs) the Father Mike on there, um, not O'Loughlin, the other one. Um, Father Mike talks about how he celebrates the Feast of St. Lawrence, right? And St. Lawrence was this saint who was literally roasted to death. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a martyr for the faith. He is. He's a martyr for the faith. And this priest celebrates him by having a giant barbecue. Now, take that how you will. (laughs) But, hey, on August 10th, if you want to have a giant barbecue and just ask St. Lawrence to pray for you, I promise it's okay to my Protestant friends, (laughs) do it. You know, enjoy. Enjoy food. Enjoy a feast. And we talk about religious feasts or secular feasts, even a birthday is a feast, Mm -hmm. right? We can celebrate our birthdays with feasts. Yeah. Well, and we celebrate, actually, their baptisms with a feast, so to speak. So they get to pick a special meal and a special dessert. And then we light their baptismal candle. We um, renew our baptismal vows. And then we have a really special dessert together as a family. That's also something we do for some of our patron saints. So our patron saints are either the saints we were named after or saints that we feel very attached to based on life experiences or some of the things they went through. And then on those special days, we try to find a dessert that kind of matches that or fits with that, right? I think that's wonderful. And it's a great way to create memories. Yeah, it is. To use food to just create joyful experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. All right, guys. So let's recap. First of all, it's very important to build a family favorites list. Don't think that you have to build it all in one week, okay? This is not an all or nothing thing, but you do need one. I think sharing meals with friends can up-level your meal game. Exponentially. Exponentially. It it will just, I don't even know, it will make your life better. It will change your life. It's changed our lives. And it doesn't have to look a certain way. If you don't enjoy hosting everyone at your house or you just want to start with one person or you want to start at the park or something. You know, there are so many different ways that you can invite people into your life for community and that there is some real beauty in community. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. And then finally, fasting and feasting together, right? That that also is a really beautiful way not only to enjoy your family and create memories about, about and around food, but also to build community with other families that you have in your life. Absolutely. So text your people this week and choose a date to meet up and share a meal. It can be at someone's house or even a park. Just do it. Just text them. Just do it. Have you filled out your weekly meal plan? DM Brittany at The Deliberate Day on Instagram with the word meals, and she will make sure that you get a link to get your beautiful meal planning template. 